When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, my name is Jesse Collings, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. kids do you like professional wrestling well we like professional wrestling too this is shake them ropes i am jeff hawkins he is chris novembrino it is december 1st chris are you in the holiday spirit oh yes especially after the news this week that uh our episode was the most downloaded episode of wrestling podcasts for for, all all of the world well for voices of wrestling uh um you know, there are many people have different ways of looking at that statistic, and I choose to look at it the way I choose to. Okay. Uh, I have some bad news for you. Okay. It was my solo show. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. I already know that. That's, okay. that's actually part of, uh, that's part of why I brought it up. Can you believe this idiot said this? That's what it is. It totally is that, because that was what I was going into. How dare Jack Perry attack? CM Punk or something like that. It was probably some dumb take like that that made its way around. But yeah, that's a nice little feather in the cap. I, I like the holidays, but it's very weird. My love of the holidays. Like, I love kids. I love watching kids have fun. I love kids singing Christmas carols poorly. And then I like very professional groups that can like sing like a, a, a really strong chorus. I can sing Carol of the Bells and move me. I love that. But everything in between, I hate. Like college acapella group, no thank you. Church, uh, church worship team, no thanks. You know, I just want the pros and the kids and everything else in between. 
not so much. Well, I'm excited to hear your feedback for my <laughs> new album coming out this holidays. Novi sings the holidays. Not only will I be singing Christmas carols this year, but because we are in a time of strife, Jeff, I don't know if you follow the news. I will also be singing Hanukkah classics. Oh, will you? Oh, yes. Uh, Allah Nagila Gala, uh, Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel. Do not um, insult our Jewish fans. Thank you. <laughs> I, no, I it, uh, it will be also doing the Little Drummer Boy, Pahrumpahpum, in parentheses. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, all, all of these different songs will be performed on my holiday classics. Looking forward to releasing it to you. Is this a bit? Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> I knew you had an EP. I was like, oh, crap. Does he really have holiday songs coming wait, out? Wait, wait. <laughs> you, you think the six-song EP was like six holiday songs? Oh, no. I thought you might have like a companion piece or something like no- oh, wow. a very Novi Christmas. A very Novi Christmas. Felice Novi yeah. Dodd. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, come on now. Like, that. see, like, I think <laughs> that I have the voice to really capture all of the holidays for every creed yeah chris novembrino sings emmett otter's jug band christmas you know something like that that that, you know that would that might actually i might actually buy that this christmas jeff no don't sing that ever no no hold on hold on hold on (laughs) hold on this christmas i want to bring all the religions together why (laughs) why not Finally, something we can agree on. <laughs> uh, getting into wrestling news uh, of interest, and I'm leading off with this just because it interested me. QT Marshall will be leaving AEW at the end of the year. Besides being a wrestler, he was vice president and manager of talent relations and until recently did the formatting of all the television shows. Jimmy Jacobs of late took over that position. He was also the trainer of a lot of the talent that started their careers in AEW. He wrote, quote, Thank you, AEW. Thank you, Tony Khan. I've had the privilege of being here since day one, and I've written over 750 different formats for all elite wrestling and always with pride. As much as I've enjoyed being a VP, uh, manager talent relations, and wearing a myriad of hats, the company has changed a lot since 2019 and is heading in a different direction. And I feel that it's best I do the same as we only get one chance to go all in. I have officially resigned from AEW and I and will have fulfilled all obligations by the end of 2023. Thank you to everyone from the front office, the production truck, to some of the hardest working talent in the sport. Most importantly, thank you to those who booed, cheered, and took part in this season of my life. Now, most talent, very, you know, sad to see QT go. Um, a lot of messages of support. There were some grumblings behind the scenes that he had lost favor with Tony Khan, presumably in, you know, in favor of a Jimmy Jacobs type. Uh, I'll get your thoughts and then I'll ask you just a general question. I think that QT Marshall's voice is an important one in the locker room because he is not one of the executive vice presidents, but clearly has a veteran presence and as he sort of said in his statement he had been there since day one and really did seem to understand the vision the statement that sticks out to me is the company is going in a different direction now yes sometimes that's a cliche 
but supposing it is not a cliche, it's interesting to ruminate on what he means by a different direction. And I think for those who have wanted AEW to go back to quote unquote, the good old days, Marshall's departure does not serve as a strong harbinger for that return. That's what I want to get at with this, because I've been ruminating uh, from our discord. Uh, We have a very active member who is like, I just want AEW to be what it was two or three years ago. And to me, QT's instincts uh, were very similar or copacetic, at least to the Cody Rhodes instincts, you know, um, the Southern style builds of feuds, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I think he's a glue guy. I never thought he was going to be a star, but I thought he was a perfectly solid mid-card heel type thing. But into this different direction, it feels like the different directions are, from creative perspective at least, the Jimmy Jacobs TNA slash WWE melodrama spooky stuff or just you know general wacky things that aren't serious. And then on the wrestling side, the New Japan, you know, tournament is obviously flavoring this Continental Classic. But it's like, it's still not a cohesive identity per se. And and I, I think, like, I think generally it's a good idea to rotate guys like QT out from being, you know, the consigliere of the boss in terms of TV from time to time, you know, give them a refresh, things like that. But I was thinking, was was AEW better two years ago, two or three years ago? And I'm not sure the on-TV product was better. I, I think it was a combination of things that make us feel like it was stronger. I think WWE and NXT being very down, including, I mean, NXT was just the drizzling craps two years ago. Um, I think, you know, they had just start two years ago. It Any was... alternative two years ago to WWE would have seemed at least worth entertaining yes. provided it had, you, you know, if like if, if NWA had launched power two years ago and, you know, like in that power era when they were doing it on YouTube, we would have been watching that eagerly because that yes. was the worst WWE had ever been. And also, it, it at least. Yeah. And also, AEW had started to get all their toys. They had started to get at, they had just gotten Adam Cole and Brian Danielson and William Regal. And they had just gotten, you know, a talent exchange with New Japan. They were the hot hand. And it was, and, and, you know, and then three years ago, it was, man, if only we could get those guys we like out of NXT and get a deal with New Japan, man, this, this organization, they were, they still hadn't had the, yeah, they still hadn't had the Forbidden Door show yet. Right. So we didn't know what those could be and what those can't be. But there were rumblings of it. There were rumblings of the Forbidden Door that was going to happen. Yeah, there was, there was just a lot of uh, potential. Yes. And, and potential super exciting. Uh, yes. You know, it, but it, it's uh, it's kind of like when I, you know, used to play basketball games all the time. You know, you, if you over trade for potential, sometimes you forget to just make a good team for today. Well, that, that yeah. but also 
all the toys are gone for the most part, with the exception possibly of Mercedes Monet, who I think is heading back to WWE. There, there are no. I mean, uh, you know, Alexander. There are no game toys. Yeah, toys. Alexander Wep, or there are no more, <laughs> no more empires to topple. You know, those types of things. And I'm just like, like I liked AEW, but it wasn't. I mean, I think my favorite might have been the COVID era stuff because you had, you still had the various flavors, and it felt like on the format, it was almost like this part's Kenny's part, this part is Cody's part, this part is where the Bucks booked the tag team division. Here's a party match, et cetera, et cetera. And like, it, it's not that the TV's bad. Like I thought the TV this week was good. Um, I won't say but, great, but, but it was very but you good. Know, another, another thing though, like when I was watching Penta El Cerro Miedo <laughs> do his little promo this week, right? I, I think another thing about AEW three years ago versus now is they had not yet fully explored the limitations of international wrestlers who cannot do an English promo. Correct. And now we have fully explored that. And unless you have incredibly savvy, consistent presentation of these non-speaker characters, essentially, you get into the mire of mediocrity. Well, you also have like, I mean, it was also obvious to me that early on in AEW, the advice Tony was getting was that what, what wrestling fans really want right now is a super indie a la PWG where, you know, just, just do a lot of great matches with high spots in them and people will tune in and American wrestling fans like, like the, the dirt worst wrestling fans that, people crap on who watch AEW. They they want their promos. They want they may want their stories too at this point. I think we may have even gotten past Southern wrestling as a style that people like, although they won't admit it, and gotten into WWE melodrama as the thing, unfortunately. And I, I don't even think I don't watching want... NXT this week that with like Nathan, Nathan Frazier and Ilya Dragunov, you see an interesting third sort of style coming like like uh like western strong style maybe you might want to call it or something like that where it's like a very stiff style of match um well we had that with rush and mark briscoe too I yeah think. yeah i mean had, that was a really made, I, that was my favorite of, the, of, the uh, of wwe I, that yeah. nathan frazier and Ilya dragunov match i thought was a total banger i uh, agree too yeah i i enjoyed that and and, and you know strong style without the no selling right <laughs> That's, right. that's, no, that's no, the thing no, that drives no, me nuts like, about like, the strong style. Maybe, maybe you'd even just call it like high impact, um, something like that. You it know, feels like a fight. Yeah. No, no, like Dragunov's offense uh, in particular, I think, serves as a really good, like, what do I mean by this? Or like an example of this sort of thing where. His offense looks like it hurts like hell. It looks like it hurts. He sells stuff. He He sells damage. Yes. And his offense looks like it does damage. Yes, and, and that's all I that, want. Man, that formula is a strong formula. I, I agree. I, I'm with you. We we can uh, we can discuss this uh, in the Lazy River, but both I mean we both named matches that I thought were fantastic this week in both companies. So I think we gave you equal time. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Raw, on the other hand, was mid as hell. We'll get to that too. Triple H was not there. The show was run by Bruce Pritchard this week. Triple H and Nick Khan are here in lovely Los Angeles, California, doing uh, 
doing negotiations for TV rights for Monday Night Raw. And uh, stuff. There, there are some interesting players um, that have been rumored about. And, Such uh, as and and old Uncle Dave, who I I, I do adore, but uh, he is kind of uh, he's kind of hinting that, or at least that, at least at one point in the discussions was a uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. <laughs> but there's no, I mean, there's nothing solid yet out there. Interesting stuff. I, I, I mean, we'll we'll see. No, I, I mean, I don't know. We'll see what they come up with. I, you know, they'll they'll yeah, be on. I, TV. I'm waiting they'll to see what happens. TV, regardless, we'll talk about. Them. Yes, I know. No, I, I think <laughs> I think NBC Universal is going to overpay for Raw. I think they're too much of. I think they're too big of a part of the Peacock platform. I think they've been there for a while, and when they went away to TNN, USA wanted them back so bad. I mean, I, I think. I think that's going to remain a marriage right there. I still miss the good old days of TNN. I just thought the show looked the bad. Nashville network or the or yeah. Raw on there. No, they, no but both, <laughs> both Spike. But they were on I Spike. Think, yeah. I don't think either Eagle ever soared higher than when they were flying together. <laughs> I miss 1000 ways to die on the Spike network. My first TV gig. That was always fun. Uh, Tammy Sitch, WWE Hall of Famer, part of the ushering in an era of non-wrestling women performers, was at one point amongst the most downloaded women in the early years of the internet, was sentenced to 17 years plus in prison and eight more years of probation with credit for 566 days that she has already served. Sentence is a sad ending of a case where Sitch, traveling at a high level of speed and driving under the influence, crashed into a vehicle, stopped at a red light, killing the driver, 75-year-old Julian Lasseter. Sitch is still facing a lawsuit from the Laster family. Um, yeah, this is this is sad, and you know, it's so weird because Sitch is such a carny at the same time. Like a lot of her, a lot of her backstory of oh, I was a, I was a uh, honor student, and then I transferred to the University of Tennessee so Candido could take a job at Smoky Mountain, and then I got into the business. Blah blah blah. There's there's a lot that I kind of. I kind of just kind of shrug my shoulders at her, her substance abuse, the death of Chris Candido just really sent her over the edge. Uh, she was in the middle of politics with Sean and Brett and dating various people within that whole thing. And it was just, even after at a certain re- point, you're a victim of yourself and your success no, because no, you could never uh, get that back and it always felt like okay what can i do now to get success and get on the radar now oh i'll go into porn you know that type of stuff yeah no especially at the turn of the century she very much like was making desperate last gasps um but you know um i think sometimes people can be victims of circumstances victims of other people and victims of themselves concurrently yeah uh as i get older and older i get convinced of this more more thoroughly yeah and i just you know i mean after already having duis on her record and substance abuse problems to continue to do that and right it just it makes part of that makes me mad to be honest with you and well this is okay like this is consistent with our position of repeatedly dunking on jeff hardy yes Uh, yeah like, like it's it's why I will always crap on AEW for employing Jeff Hardy is that I view him in cut from the same cloth as a Tammy Sitch, uh, the person who 
for whatever reasons, and you actually don't really need to parse them. They just have enough reasons that they can't keep their stuff together, that they they are the type of person who will, despite their financial situation, I'm assuming Jeff Hardy's is much stronger than Tammy Sitch's, despite their financial situation, they will get loaded and attempt to operate a motor vehicle. And you can't, you know, it's, in the same way that you sort of like couldn't employ someone who you knew just like randomly discharged firearms, Lucy Goosey, you know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel about operating a vehicle under the influence. It's not really all that different from standing out in your backyard and just sort of like firing off around, you know, probably won't hit anyone, but eventually you're gonna. Yeah. I get, a, I get to give a lesson in medicine today. Chris, it'll be fun. MJF noted this past week that an MRI showed he had suffered a torn labrum in his left shoulder. Noted he would be doing the 1230 main event for World's End at the Nassau Coliseum against Samoa Joe. He also has a uh, he has a dislocated hip due to the spot where he jumped off the top rope onto the already collapsed table, but told that the hip swelling is down, but the pain is still pretty much the same. Shoulder injury came from the Uranagi off the top rope spot by Jay White in that match. I just went through an MRI because they suspect I have a torn labrum. And this isn't necessarily a surgical thing because what the wait, labrum... Wait, 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 wait. I need to ask you a question. Okay. Are you going to have Adam Cole come in and work for you? <laughs> well, you know, can, can, he, uh, can he code? Can you test I mean, software for me? Actually, I'm here for that. The, the 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 new rules are such that you can have anyone you want come in and code for you. Well, I'm I'm gonna put you to work, Chris. I'm gonna have you come. I in hell no. I'm gonna no test idea. my legal software, and you're gonna well, be great. Gonna, I will put you on top of that ice mountain so fast. <laughs> sir. Oh, you're gonna make me shovel snow with a torn oh, labrum? Yeah. Oh yeah. Bastard. What's oh, your problem? Oh, yeah. I, I have a separated collarbone. You don't see me sitting here and whining about it more than I currently am whining about it. Oh, you whined about it before the show. That's not. I know what, <laughs> why I've qualified the statement. Okay, and I Let made me... it even more pointed and refined, and it was like a like a hollow point bullet of truth. That enough just... of this nonsense. Let me talk about oh, labrums. Okay. Talk about labrums. Yes, uh, a labrum. It, it's funny because they say torn labrum, but that can mean. There, there are three muscles that, that wrap around uh, the joint in your shoulder that keeps it in place. And there's, there's actually three labrums. And it depends on which one is torn and how, how badly it is torn. That will depend on whether or not you get surgery or whether or not they just prescribe rehab to build the muscles around it, try to get blood flow. It'll never be the same, but a lot of what labrum tears are, are pain management. From what I told, and and I got mine weightlifting. I I kind of went back on the bar to put it back, and I wrenched it a bit because the weight was a little bit too heavy. Um, most doctors don't recommend surgery for this, which is very interesting. Although they don't recommend surgery mostly for people over the age of thirty. If you and MJF is now twenty six, so it's it's one of those things where depending on how he works, uh, depending on really, I think, and, and let me explain to you the pain that you feel here, because like for me, I feel like I think my labrum is the top labrum that was torn, but it's very painful to sleep at night because especially if you're a side sleeper 
or you roll. As soon as you roll on that shoulder, man, that, that shoulder joint is grinding and you wake up in pain and sleep is sleep is a luxury sometimes unless you you've, you've started to build up that muscle again and, and get it going. Um, I think taking bumps with a torn labrum is going to be hell on earth because you're landing on your back and you're landing with your shoulder blades flat. And then what they do is just to spread. I mean, you, you're watching a power bomb when, 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 when you're put up and you're put back down, you slap your arms parallel so that you're taking a lot of the uh, force and spreading it out there. That that's, you know, right. Real, that's a little secret of, of the business, if you will. Um, I, I am very interested to see if he decides to get the surgery or not and what the extent of this torn labrum is and whether or not he has a torn rotator cuff as well. Cause that could also, you know, when you tear the labrum, you start to overcompensate with other muscles. And sometimes that will damage the rotator cuff. Sometimes the muscle will, will, will rub against the joint and stuff when it's separated um, and, and start to start to weaken there. It, it's a, it's a complicated joint, the shoulder. So this isn't going to be an easy thing. And I know it's going to kill MJF to take any time off, especially when he's on top. I mean, but he's going to have to, he can't work the matches. The, the smoke and mirror of the last pay-per-view was, not up to the standard of the price tag of the televised event. They need, if they are going to start working, right, 24 is supposed to be the monthly schedule, right? You, we, we reported yes. that earlier this year, right? Possibly. Right? So, I mean, it, it, they, they need someone who can command the price tag of this, and it can't be smoke and mirrors, MJF coming out there and doing little skitlets. Uh, instead of actual title matches. And it's also the war of 2024. The bidding war. Of bidding war of 2024, yes. The um, of bidding on an injured player. I go in Monday, I'll let you all know what they tell me, but they'll probably tell me not to get surgery, which sucks because I miss, I miss lifting. And MJF is a bodybuilder type. And, you know, it, it hurts to do that. I don't think he tore a muscle in his bicep or tricep along with it. I think it's just the labrum right now. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye on that one just for personal uh, curiosity. Ric Flair getting himself in trouble <laughs> for the taping of Rampage tonight. Um, came out there and as part of his promo uh, said that uh, any uh, any women out there, 18 to 28, want to come to his hotel no boyfriends then uh, then got a fury of backlash on the internet and uh, responded on twitter with every word capitalized quote not not the whole word capitalized just the first letter capitalized which how does that happen i am so tired of hearing all this negativity i don't need the work and i don't need the money false can't I simply enjoy being my dear friend Sting's side for the next few months without so much hatred? I know I'm old, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy life. I have earned the right to do whatever I want, and I'm exactly where I want to be. Appreciate everything, Tony Khan, but I'm more than willing to walk away if I am embarrassing you and your company. All I can say is I'm sorry. That doesn't sound like he's that sorry. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Yeah, no, Jeffrey, on, on this one, uh, once again, uh, 
It's sad to see, but ageism has reared its ugly head <laughs> on the internet. No, I These think- millennials <laughs> want this member of the baby boomer generation to go die. They won't be satisfied until he is dead and buried. Want him penniless, homeless, and shoeless by the end of the week. And I think it's disgusting. And everyone under the age of 45 ought to take a long look in the mirror right now and ask yourself, what is it that you have against this dear, dear man? I think Ric Flair has opened up a new cottage industry. Not only is he looking for women with daddy issues, he's now looking for women with granddaddy issues. And yeah. I think <laughs> how many how many people have had their grandpa pod die too soon? <laughs> and and had a weird relationship with their grandfather. <laughs> oh God, we can't go down that road. Let's move on. Serena Deeb has been cleared to return to action. She posted a tearful message talking about how hard the last year has been. Because she's been wanting to return. She said that since October 2022, when she last wrestled, she had suffered three unprovoked seizures, which delayed her ability to wrestle, but that a doctor has now cleared her. Good. She's needed on TV. Yeah, no, man, she's sorely needed. Uh, Serena Deeb would be... Serena Deeb would be very, very welcomed right now in this AEW women's division. She can talk. She can wrestle. On the other side... Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. She's and she's just and she's serious, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I, I think she's. I'd bring her. I guess I'd bring her in as a baby face and maybe like get the belt off of Tony Storm and like try like refresh things. Bandito on the other end got some bad news on the injury front. His wrist injury didn't heal properly. He needs another surgery. He was hoping to be back in action right about now, and now it's looking more like the summer. I like Bandito. I think he's the probably top two of the luchadors they have signed but on the other hand (laughs) like like we described earlier foreign talent can't talk can't cut a promo can do great matches can do great matches but i don't know if he could get over as a champion in aew that's the weird thing i'm not gonna make a glib joke about like bandito and vikingo like they're obviously different wrestlers but like they have the same ceiling they can't talk they can go out there and have a good one-off match with no context, no premise, and you they know, can be in a tournament and get pretty far, and then lose in the quarterfinals. And yeah. it's just like 1996 WCW first hour cruise. First hour of Nitro, yeah, yeah, first hour of Nitro, rad. But it's not, it's not carrier second hour stuff. Other uh, interesting uh, talents coming and going. It looks like uh, WWE assigned Matty Renkowski to uh, the Performance Center. I like Matty Renkowski a lot. She was she did some uh, preliminary work in AEW for a while and caught the wrath of the internet because she had a ponytail like uh, Bianca Belair's, and they and she got. Uh, cultural appropriation shamed into cutting that into that but overall i mean i've been kind of following her work in gcw and things like that and seems like a nice kid did not realize aew has now passed on her thea hale and uh and and uh 
Kiana James. That's the name I was trying to think of. All oh, three, all wow. three, all oh, three wow. did preliminary work for, for AEW, at least on the darks and in the dark era. And uh, they just decided to pass on all three, which I, I find very, very interesting. Mm. Um, Missing on Kiana James and Thea Hale, like both of them, they are really, really solid prospects. Kiana James might be my most improved wrestler this Dude, year, in terms of the state. She's really solid. She's she, figured it out. Yeah, yeah, she's really figured. Also, Thea, I, or not Thea Hale, but uh, Lexi Nair might be, and she's just an announcer. And I think the stuff she's doing on Ring of Honor right now with the uh, minions in training with Athena and Billy Starks. Uh, she's pretty fantastic, but. Uh, and then of course, Tiffany Stratton's like dynamite. But oh like, yeah. 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 Uh, one surprising cut because WWE cut office staff today, but they also cut one on air talent. Mackenzie Mitchell, your backstage reporter for NXT. Let go. She announced that on uh, mm. Twitter today. Uh, she is married to uh, Vic. Is it Vic Jacobs? Is that his name? Joseph. Joseph. Vic Joseph. Uh, Chris, I have I have sung her praises on this show numerous times. She is, I I even think she's slightly better than Renee at times. I think she is one of the best hires for a backstage interviewer they have ever had because she, for some reason, has been able to eke out the ability to be able to react to things people say to her be able to come back with questions, be able to give scorn to wrestlers who say dumb things, as opposed to just, how do you feel right now? And put the thing up. I think she's better than Kathy Kelly. I think she's better than Caleb Braxton. I think she's better than uh, Jackie Redman on Raw. I think she's better than the four feet of concrete on NXT, who's probably going to replace her. That's her. That was one of her nicknames. I forget her name. Yeah, she was in Ring of Honor for a while. She wore glasses, and now she doesn't anymore. Um, but yeah, I I was kind of dismayed by this. I think she's a fantastic backstage interviewer. Um, I guess they just decided that they had enough on the main roster. Yeah, hopefully this would be someone who I think would be a solid pickup for AEW. Uh, uh, I think they have too many broadcasters right now. They do, but they need to at once pare down and. Well, you can actually develop out long-term and Mackenzie Mitchell Mitchell is someone you could reasonably have there for 10 years. Yeah, that's true. I think, I think she's going to yeah. go on. I mean, she's an entrepreneur. No, she has jewelry. I think she's right. But, but I, I I'm with you. They have too many on-air talent right now. Uh, and several of them, especially the veteran ones are particularly unfocused as, uh, you know, <laughs> So. Really? Tass, huh? Okay, yeah. no. Uh, she gave me hard I, I, news. I, mean, I think she'll Taz, go back to hard Taz, I, I have hard turned on. Taz is a clear net negative on the yes, show. Yes, I, I, I somewhat agree. Um, I think Mackenzie Mitchell ends up back in real news, uh, like local, partially upper tier, major media network or major media market area, like, you know, your LA, New York, DC, maybe still in Florida, because I think, you know, that's where her and Vic reside. You know, I, I, I'm going to miss her. Cause I really like her. And I really liked she and uh, Alicia Taylor would do a, for the internet only type show or for the network only type show. And those two had, had crazy good, funny chemistry together. I mean, they, they were legit funny and got to show off their personality a bit. So yeah, I am uh, sad by that. We'll take that and go into the lazy river of wrestling criticism, whatever we watch this week, whatever's on our mind. 
can bring it up. I am going to uh, I'm going to start because I want to I want to dig into this very 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 mid Monday Night Raw because they had the eyes of everybody and a crappy Monday Night Football game, and they put on the most heatless, dull at times mid show i mean there were there were high points don't get me wrong i mean but they 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 plugged this as we're going the first hour commercial free and they gave us this dull ass tag team gauntlet match after a randy orton babyface promo with rhea ripley randy orton's a boring babyface to me I mean, and especially because he's not saying much other than the three most dangerous letters in sports entertainment type of thing. And then you end the show because you've also built up that CM Punk is here. And I joked that the way to drive AEW fans crazy would be he never even mentions anything about AEW. And sure enough, probably due to non-disclosure agreements as well, this promo was... My first thought was, this is a Cody Rhodes promo. And then it was a non-genuine Cody Rhodes promo. Because after 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 he stops talking about you know how thankful he is to Dusty and the wise man who said he had to leave and come back, he goes, I'm here to make money, not make friends. Or something thereabouts. So I think he's just doing this. You know, he's getting the cheap pop after the after showing up, but eventually I think the program's eventually gonna be Cody and CM Punk. Well, you think the program's gonna be Cody and CM Punk, huh? Maybe after WrestleMania. How about that? Not immediately. It's gonna build and punk is gonna turn heel. But this is not this is not a pipe bomb punk. This is this is as we alluded to last week where it felt like he was there to take the check and to be nice and to just, you know, sit in his locker room or in his bus until they need him. He comes out, says his lines and leave. That's what this was. This was no effort punk. This was no passion punk in some ways. I I really, I, I wasn't expecting much, but man, this even failed up to those expectations. Yeah, I I found this promo, especially after being made to wait three hours, to be very underwhelming. That's a very good point. Uh, You know, the the build up to this should have made this matter, especially when you let off with Randy Orton. You're like, Randy Orton's the B-show. Who you're really here for is CM Punk, and this is very ho-hum CM Punk. Uh. Although, does it tell you what the hierarchy is in this company? That Orton is far more important than Punk, at least to them, because he was always loyal? I don't know that that's necessarily what they're saying with the way that they're organized. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a mixed message. Yeah, yeah, I don't don't know that that's the the read I'm getting off of it. I I, I just think I lead with Punk. I would leave with Punk, but I, I think that they basically went into this, oh, he's a major ratings draw. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And that's true. Uh, we'll we'll see what the ratings come back on for uh, for the next week here, and his his uh, you know the much vaunted quarter hours and these sorts of things. Uh, my suspicion is that he does pop a decent number in those quarter hours. Um, my also suspicion is you know you would probably if you could like you know really parse the quarter hours see a bit of a drop off there towards the end uh, because he wasn't interesting. It wasn't provocative. I I don't. At the same time, the people who think that it was bad also have to calibrate. Like before they go out and say this was bad, what would a good promo have been? Without being able to trash AEW because right. they don't want to get sued. I mean, okay, like even suppose he could trash AEW. What would the good let Let's suppose a world of no lawsuits. What would the good promo be? I don't know. I, I think it becomes an unfair metric. Um, does he go there and cut 10 minutes on the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega? Who cares? No, no, but I think he does right? this. I quit this company the first time because they tried to kill me. Can you imagine how bad it was over at the other place that I'd want to come back here and call it home? I don't want to work with children, you know, just all the, all the little buzzwords to just needle the AEW fan base. And then it goes viral because WWE fans will be going, Oh, look, he's planting the flag of victory over AEW. Oh, what are you going to do now guys? Huh? How are you going to fire back to this? You know, it, it would have, it, most of the ooing and eyeing you would have seen online for through social media and things like that. But it's one of those things where, like, I just didn't believe CM Punk's promo. I know this is hard to believe, but I'm home. My man, this company tried to kill you, and they took you to court and cost you millions of dollars. I'm fine if you're here just for the money, for the paycheck. I am damn cool with sucking up your happiness for your retirement fund. But don't, don't come at me and say that you are so happy to be there. Unless you're going to say compared to this other place, that that's the thing that I think would have gotten people going. Yeah, right. I think, and, and I guess maybe more of the headline driver sort of promo would have been, "I escaped the land of children." Yes, Don't necessarily have to address anything specifically. Oh yeah, life. Alfred Kanawa and the other guys who get crap leaked to them would be told to go out there and put all this stuff on X and and blast it out. Oh, look at this sick burn that Punk did. To, Right. To the elite. Oh, I'm not elite. You know, if he had said just even that or something like that, or, you know, I'm dealing with a guy who thinks he's a hangman, but he never hangs around, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, no. For like the last four years, I was being, you know, I, I went to a place where people were pursuing what being elite was. And it turns yeah. out approaching 40, acting like you're 20 and, you know, being a child as you're middle aging. 
you know, invoke William Regal in the promo. Which would be deep irony for CM Punk. Like, yes, like, it would. Which would be deep, deep irony for CM Punk to, like, go there. I mean, there's but no such actually, thing as a genuine promo I, you can put in here, though. Either. Actually, that would make the promo better. It would be better if it was hypocritical. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. so I, I'm actually fine with him going out there and saying the Young Bucks are these, like, man-children when he is, like, a man-child as well. I tr- or even if he had gone, well, I tried mixed martial arts for a while, and then I took a long, long break. Didn't wrestle anywhere else. Absolutely nowhere else. Did no other matches until I came back right here. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't actually. No, no, no. I wrestled, but it wasn't anywhere important for the last. <laughs> call it a secondary company, and then just watch people's heads explode. Uh, your turn, sir. Okay. Um, I guess staying on, I mean, we can, we can, we did, we did most of the important stuff on raw here. Uh, I'm with you on Randy Orton, having him back heel or baby face, right? Like Randy Orton in concept is always better than Randy Orton in execution. Yes. And especially now he doesn't do anything. But uh, I will I will defend I liked the segment with Jay Uso backstage. Okay. Where it was kind of like water under the bridge. And the other thing in Raw that I haven't got to hit yet, but I'll I'll put that out there in case you want to go into it. I really liked I, I thought it was smart the uh Seth Rollins Drew McIntyre segment. And how it was like, yeah, you know, we had a banger of a match, blah, blah, blah. And the entire punchline is I'm giving Jay Uso a title match, and that sets off Drew. I loved that. I absolutely adored that promo for some reason. Yes. I thought Drew's talking too towards the end. I, I think the um I'm noticing a change in promo direction where like uh there there's less sort of guidance on some of the beats, it feels like. Uh the wrestlers are kind of giving getting being given a little bit more rope to sort of like work through the character and stuff, or things are happening off microphone but still spoken is the other big move here I'll, I'll bring it back to randy orton a lot of this although it wasn't necessarily great the first week feels like you remember the uh the run batista had where he just didn't give a damn and he's wearing the pink polo shirts and he's cutting promos on john cena about kissing babies and hugging fat girls i, I mean this that... feels like that run for randy orton i mean he is jacked to the gills saying his prayers and eating his vitamins but at the same time, he's like, oh, I know I got to get down the ring, but I'm going to take a minute to sign a young fan's action figure and ask him his name and fist bump. It's like, come on, Randy, we, we have some places to go. This is live TV. Let's get there. He's like, don't care. This is this is my moment. I have one of the yeah. slowest entrances in the yes. business. But yes. like it, it's <laughs> three notches above Undertaker slow. Like he he's I, I feel like over the years, it'd be a fun frame by frame analysis of like how slow has he gotten this like saunter down to the ring that he does who's faster randy orton or lee smith former relief pitcher i mean it's just that's why they invoked in baseball they invoked the uh the cart to bring relief pitchers to the because lee smith would take so long to get from the bullpen to the mound i hope we one day arrive at the orton taker convergence where like we get an entrance between the two of them that's about the same length we could have an entire match in between the entrances for orton and and undertaker at mania it's like here comes randy orton's thing and it takes 15 minutes and then we have like new day versus uh 
uh, versus um, you know, name a team for me. I was trying to think of the uh, uh, yes boy Lucha House Party. Oh, Lucha House Party that would be a bit hard, <laughs> but yes, uh, the Lucha House Party makes her tremendous <laughs> comeback to W, and then and then Undertaker comes down. And then maybe we have another match in between. We get, you know, we get a women's match between Natty and uh and and Shayna Baszler. And then we get the Undertaker. <laughs> uh, go ahead. I think I took a lot of your points from that one. Uh, I mean, I just think that Mania could really be jump started by the return of the Lucha House Party. Uh I'd be amazed if two of those three guys ever wanted to come back to WWE you know, again. But then again, Punk came back and it was home. So maybe Lindsay Dorado. <laughs> that'd be great. Decides to come back and say he gets a promo and says that it's home. You know, I saw you all doing an LWO. <laughs> and Rey Mysterio's and it would all be because of Rey Mysterio's injury. Because there's no other luchador that ever existed in WWE other than Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> okay, you want to know what was baffling to me on Raw? Please. The setup and payoff of the Zoe Stark's Nia Jax segments. Yes. So we have Zoe Stark backstage. And yeah, she's being cooled off from a tile match, but like, dude it's nia Jax. what are we doing here exactly so, like, like what in god's name are we doing here and she nia Jax is actually the perfect vehicle to have zoe starks get reheated over like she you know she goes in stands up for somebody and then goes and gets the job done in the ring cool zoe starks is reestablished as an upper mid carter nia Jax who we have been doing this experiment with for like almost a decade now um, is what she is, and that's okay. So's Natty. You don't need to pretend that there's something they're not. This to me felt like Pritchard scripted a match around a joke in the promo. Because if you notice, Zoe Stark said, Shut your hole. And there was that whole thing about Nia Jax when she fell on her butt. Oh, my hole. Oh, her hole. That's right. That's right. And she it's like maybe people, maybe people other than obsessive podcast hosts with bad senses of humor, like myself, will remember that spot. And I'm just like, ah, that's what I mean. If you Zoe did needs a manager is what she needs, man. I mean, if you did remember that spot, wouldn't that just mean you don't take Nia Jax even like like no. take her even less seriously? That's the sentence I'm. Yeah, looking. Zoe Stark is is great but she has anti-charisma and she needs she needs something and i don't want necessarily want to stick her in a tag team because we already blew the tag team with her and Shayna because that was a right. great well, idea okay but i mean i think just think it's a reinvigoration of the match style it's like yeah if zoe goes in there and she's just laying offense in on nia jackson kind of dismantles nia Jax, all of a sudden you're kind of again you're kind of into her because she's like a female ken shamrock sort of type uh, she doesn't need to say a ton, a ton. Uh, she just needs to say what she wants and, you know, go and get the job done in the ring. People like someone who kicks ass. I'm going to head into the land of dynamite. Mm. I thought the three matches for the tournament were pretty damn good. And of course, for my own personal predilections, Emmy Sakura chopping the hell out of Julia Hart was a lot of fun too. They did a good move but they need to do more of it. And that is the best thing that this company is putting out right now to me 
are the post-match promos for this Continental Classic tournament, and they only appear on X, with the exception of the Eddie Kingston one that they showed uh, on Wednesday. Like, the Mark Briscoe one from last week was absolutely fantastic. The one from John Moxley that hit the internet, like, today, I think earlier this morning, was great. Jay White, Swerve, and Jay Lethal all had great little promos. I... I adore this stuff, and I would gladly give up this show being live if you wanted to just edit this show and splice these things in, please. It, they're so good, Chris. And people like you, no offense, who don't follow X or social media, don't get to see them. No, I, I, I agree. Um, I, I think this is, in a way, why my opinion is of service, that like I am watching Dynamite qua dynamite like there's no additional supplemental context or anything sort of creeping in it's just what you explained to me on dynamites what i understand on dynamite yeah uh, they're they're, but, they're real they're emotional people get that, angry but, but, people get sad is, I, i'm with you if you're going to commit to a title tournament as the wraparound story format for your show for what are we doing this for like six weeks eight weeks do it then yeah do it. it's six episodes reallocate the time budget so that all of these promos are in there so that for six weeks, it feels like a sporting presentation sort of thing. And you can still have like the MJF stuff or whatever wrapping around there, but like commit to it then. Uh, and I think this was our frustration last week where it feels like part of the show is around this vibe of the tournament but then there's all this other like kind of like goofy camp stuff that pulls you out of caring about the tournament uh or when they get back around to like the numbers stuff and danielson's back out there talking about everything it's like oh yeah, yeah, yeah this again uh rather than me being kind of like locked in and going like what's going to happen next in the tournament and like kind of just being in that same mental track all night i i think that's really important and just so I can finish my promo love on Collision on Saturday, which was not a great show by any means, Ricky Starks and Big Bill cut an amazing, amazing promo. Big Bill cut a babyface promo about rehabbing and how he knew he'd come back on top. It it was so fantastic coming from him. Ricky Starks, number one, calling Chris Jericho a clout vampire. That hit me in the feels. I, I, I adored that comment. And then Big Bill coming, look, we're two singles wrestlers. We don't really even know each other that well. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, hey, Ricky, when's my birthday? Don't know. See? <laughs> These two are a fantastic team, and I love them to death. It's just the, the comment you made, and it's going to continue because they're in Canada this week. And Collision doesn't play on television in Canada. It plays on the elite streaming part of TSN. Not even the normal streaming part, but I guess they're going to be playing them on like the equivalent of Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports 2. Tickets, uh, plenty of good seats, still available. And as you said, it's great that about a third of your audience for your main show watches this one. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the other big problem with the tournament too, right? I mean, you still have this... I think on one hand, I applaud the effort of having Danielson on Dynamite to try to get people 
over to watch this on Collision. And he was fantastic on color. He <clears throat> was absolutely fantastic. This week, for the people who care about the numbers and the deets and that sort of thing, I think we will see the proof in the pudding here that even Danielson talking about going over to Collision here is not going to draw the eyeballs you need to balance out the viewership on this tournament. That this tournament... Dynamite is an upper echelon show and Collision is a lower tier show. And I, I, well, again, just want to wrap it around. Applaud the effort. Think putting Danielson on the show is about as good of a movie as you can make. But I think it's good and not sufficient to actually move the needle here. And that's what will be evidenced this week in the ratings for those who care about that. Your honor, your honor. Um, all right. Uh, let me see. What else do I want to talk about on Dynamite here? I mean, we, we've touched on, we've touched on, uh, MJF. I, well, but we didn't really, I guess, touch on this promo here. I mean, we still have like sort of all this goofy sort of smoke and mirrors stuff around this. The devil reveal this, well, not the reveal, but like the devil attack this week. This does not make me more excited for the Joe match, right? He apparently has access to the audio and video truck. Oh my god, too. Like that too. Like he has access to the audio and video truck. If it's not Tony Khan at this point, it increasingly doesn't make any sense, right? Like in a way, the only person I'm not saying this is satisfying as in I like it but the only person who could have access to the audio and video truck and have it make any sense would be Khan. Yes, except unless you're going to steal a gimmick from two ex-WWE free agents, Sammy Callahan or Mustafa Ali. I don't think it's them. Um, Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. Whoa, 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 whoa. you forgot about scripts? <laughs> he's, he's still employed. <laughs> Yeah, Slapjack may have, you know, been able to have like a key. Oh my God. What if it's Slapjack? Oh, we're doing. Oh my God. Retribution is back, baby. The Jack is back. It's the Jack attack. Who's the devil? None other than Mr. Jack. Yeah, and he has a mask just for you this time. It's great. Oh. That's so good. Uh, before we then leave, he takes off the devil's mask and he reveals his classic, iconic slapjack mask. Yes, iconic. I oh, it's the iconics. That's who it is. Oh, one one oh, just gave okay. birth and one's pregnant. Yeah, but they're like pulling the strings. Yeah, sure. Um, I just want to give more love. The, the the two guys I watch the most now on Dynamite are Samoa Joe, who is fantastic in everything. And Roosh. And this Roosh-Mark Briscoe match. It was a hoss fight. And it was so great. Because Roosh does not give a damn about getting punched or chopped. And Mark Briscoe is is just nuts. And boy, this was this has been my favorite match of this tournament so far. I, I adored this. Um... Just two guys walking and chopping each other. That's all I want wrestling to be is Chi-Town Rumble 89. So I, I adored this, but I am done with Dynamite, sir. Yeah, no, I, I also enjoyed this match a lot. Disappointed that Briscoe didn't win. 
I just, I guess I have a different vision of what Briscoe's story should be in this company and his story should be in, you know, 23 than I have do. a thought. I think he and Jay Lethal are going to tie and they're okay. going to, and they're going to dedicate it to Jay. And that might actually start a Jay Lethal face turn that I thought was coming before. Right. Right. I mean, that would be, I mean, that would be cool. Uh, yeah. 24, like, you know, them like actually, you know, having a, uh, I don't know, like a tag team or something like that. But yeah, I think that they have misused uh, Briscoe, but he's been having amazing, like just in the sense that he's been losing, uh, but he's been having amazing matches. Uh, it, you know, his match with Moxley was really good too. As SmackDown is currently going as we speak, the only thing I have left is random thoughts on NXT, but I'll let you go if you have something. Oh, uh, I mean, we can certainly go into NXT here. Uh, I'm trying to think of what. Well, let me let me throw out a topic here. Yeah, that... you might you might have to go. I I, th- I guess I. Okay, no, I definitely watched like Ilya Dragunov versus Nathan Frazier. That I was thought, fun. That was such a good match, and like oh, like the outcome was never in any doubt, and it needed to be a, like a, like a really clear seventy thirty match. Now the premise of the match was ridiculous, though. The setup yeah. for the match was absolutely preposterous. But. It worked so good as an enhancement match for Dragon. No, I know. I hated the setup, but it was a, such a good 70 30 sort of match. Yes. Where Frazier's 30 was good and respectable, but like Dragonoff just dominated him. And then he really drove home the statement there with those H bombs at the end. I love that. That finishing move is great. Yeah. It, it, it just looks like it murdered. Yeah. Um I I need to give them some flowers here. I think they're being very very brave in that this Iron Survivor challenge isn't necessarily the guys on top going into the match or all of them. In both the women's division who you think, you know, you think you'd have you know Roxanne and Kiana James who both did this last year but some new faces going into there and you have new faces going into the men's match. And this could either be sink or swim for a few of them. Very fascinating to me in some ways. Um, trying to think of what else on NXT here. Uh, boy, uh, Lexus King's gimmick really <laughs> kind of like it's a less is more sort of thing, isn't it? It's Sean O'Hare. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a less is more sort of thing. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't really do it for me. Uh, I so he's the B villain taking credit for A villain stuff, and I just yeah, it's 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 very much a less is more thing. Although that that drop kick Briggs through from the top, not Briggs, but uh, uh, Buchanan's kid uh, was sweet given his size. Oh, oh, Jensen. Jensen, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jensen, like, dude, Jensen's. It's weird because I sort of felt like the wrong guy won, right? Like yes. he, Jensen to me is a much more interesting prospect than uh, Lexus King. I, and then, I would agree. And then Wesley gained the number one contendership. I just feel like we've seen this before. I, I in a way, I'm almost uh, I, I'd be more interested in seeing Dominic go up against Gargano or Cameron Grimes than Wesley again, or even uh, 
Yeah, Bronson Reed, I think, clearly was the standout in that match. And so. it's yeah, I mean, but I mean, like that was that was also a highlight of Raw. And I love that they continued on this year. That 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 match was nothing on Raw until they came out to the stands and then just started beating the crap out of each other. And and for me, it's like I kind of tune out because God love him. I love Cameron Grimes. I love Johnny Gargano. They're never going to be. I mean, they're just getting the paycheck on the main roster for time served in NXT and thanking them for great matches at this point because they're not going to do anything with them. Bronson Reed might be the exception to that rule. Bronson Reed's face when he got uh, face planted in the Nards. That was some outstanding stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was good. I mean, even though, I mean, I, I, I guess. My read of Dominic Mysterio's comment on commentary is that he had something to do with Ivar being there. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, so, like, I, I thought that was interesting because it's like... They're not going to follow up on that, though. That's just heel hiring heel stuff, I think. Yeah, no, I know. It's too bad because, like, that's uh, that's actually, like, an interesting wrinkle to have in there, but if they, if they had followed up on that. Did we really need two premature ringing the bell type of spots oh wait i forgot i you know the incredible courage of allowing joe gacy to just live under the ring for literally weeks now well you know uh hornswoggle did that for a long time and he made the place you know little right and during this time he pierced his own nose uh he has a new awesome nose thing and that looks cool uh he he is less defined as a character always a strong choice and i think that uh living under the ring having a nose ring and longer hair all of this just formulates to make the new joe gacy who uh, i think just turn him baby face he was a great baby face was he? I mean, yeah, he, when, when he when he did that when he did that match, I think it was actually the Iron Survivor. He was in it last uh, year, and he had the babyface fire ups. Okay, yeah, no, he definitely had those. He was he was like, it, it's more that like he, when he rallies, he works almost babyface like, like yes, he's like a heel who like works, uh, you know, kind of like the Tomohiro Ishii trope of like you know the underdog babyface heel, uh, or the underdog heel like uh. He, he has that thing about him for sure. Two quick uh, hits I'll put in there. Uh, yeah, hit me. Do we need to make Roxanne Perez a jerk? Because I don't understand this at all. With I mean, I get that I get that Kiana screwed her in her match, but coming out ringing the bell and just smiling and being a jerk like that, I just like you are so unlikable right now. I hate you. Um. And one other quick hit, the Chase U segment. Go back, rewatch it, and watch JC Jane acting like she's at a funeral. Because it is hilarious. It is freaking hilarious. I loved it. I have one more. Go ahead. Um, Jay White downcycling. Like, boy, have they cooled him off in, like, rapid, rapid order here. Because he took another L this week. He took an L, but I did like, and, and, oh, actually that reminds me, I'm going to circle back to Dynamite because there were two things on that show that also coexist. Swerve not being brought in, knowing that that low blow was coming, being a smart heel who had seen all this stuff before. And then Adam Copeland and the Christian segment where, where, you know, Christian's just knitting this flag 
and Adam Copeland figures it out. Goes, nice try, dumbass, and then sort of go f himself. Like this is the best Adam Copeland I have seen in weeks. I loved that save because number one, because Christian is so slimy and so, but I like smart baby faces. This was that there was no stupid baby face or stupid heel syndrome. But I agree on the JY downcycling. But you almost have to, given that the Bang Bang Gang. They're clowns. They're clowns. Well, th- that's what I was saying going into this. And, we, and there were people saying to the otherwise, you know, like that they were being moved up into a serious upper mid card, upper level faction. And they're yeah, not. It was like when we thought 2.0 and they cut those serious promos on the net. Okay, here we go. We're going to give them a new. Yeah, no, edge. This, is, this is going nowhere. Uh, so, no. And I'm with you on Adam Copeland and Christian. Like that segment a lot. Uh, do it for the Jude Meister busted me up. Like, what do you, we what do you named that Taurus Toby. Toby the Toby Taurus. Taurus. Yeah, I just... <laughs> and, and I'll tell you something that Christian did, in my opinion, that was so fantastic because he's calling him kill switch, kill switch. And then so that they're not uh so that they're not chanting BS, he switches up and I think he purposely called him Luchasaurus accidentally and went back on that just to get a new reaction out of that crowd. I think this was absolutely planned, and I thought it was executed brilliantly. I, I, he's he's very very entertaining. The oh, only thing God, I didn't good. the only thing I didn't like was Copeland using the f word like like as this like big like exclamation point at the end of the promo. Like it was so I, I didn't think it was that good. You know what I mean? I did well, I. But I mean, it, on one I, hand, it was earned in the sense of Christian sitting there and invoking his mother. Well, no, Christian, that was the exact line Christian gave to Copeland when Copeland offered the tag team. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's what uh, I need I, to remind I, you of because before you go okay. on this land, it was a perfect bookend type thing. I, I actually okay. liked yeah. that. Yeah. Although, okay. although, the guy, although the guy on the sensor was a little bit slow on the uptake on that one. Yeah, no, no joke. Yeah, yeah, no, you definitely heard that uh, live on In Home, uh, which is funny because, again, to your point, uh, I hadn't thought about it as being a wraparound, and that's since I, I, I give it an approval, but then it's still like, then why wasn't the sensor guy ready for that one? They yeah. Just, they should have definitely had him queued up. Like that's the tag. That's the button to this whole promo. Yeah, it's just a wrestling promo. I'm just going to sit here and, Oh wait, that was it. <laughs> and 10 seconds I, after it happened. They I, got... I mean, like, okay. So right. I, I will, I will reorient my criticism here. Right. Because this is a situation where, you know, you are going to give a talent, a live microphone, and they are going to use the F word. Yes. On national television. Yes. Internal communication absolutely Absolutely. should be rallying that over to the sensor team and everything. Like that should be circled. Like the one thing we know for certain is going to happen is at the end of this Adam Copeland promo. When's it going to happen? After he kicks him in the nuts, Tony like, Khan behind the, the, him. With... Like the flag, the flag is actually really obvious too. There's a nut kick to set up, and that's what telegraph. Yes. Here it comes. Here it comes. I'm gonna Here hit a gong behind you to wake you up. Bong, bong. <laughs> wake up and like, watch this. Segment. There'll be a man swooning on the floor, holding his testicles. Holding his and testicles. Then, and then Adam Copeland will grab the microphone one last time. That's when you need to hit the button. 
right then and there in that exact moment. Yes, you overcompensate and you blurt the whole thing out as opposed to just the word because you got to miss the word. All your dudes and another thing and it just cuts out. It doesn't. Yeah, right. Like, duh. Like everyone can put it together, especially (laughs) if it's short edit. This, I mean, (laughs) it makes so to your point makes sense. Like, makes sense literally, and in this sense, I applaud it. Um, in terms of an organization not being able to execute on something fairly rudimentary, this is like silly. Like, this is academic. You, 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 because if you don't do this. Why do I care about this? Is this because I don't care about using or like I don't care for this sort of language? Clearly, no. Um, it's because you get an FCC fine. Yes, possibly. Your company money. A dude, I mean. Although this was at, I mean, on the West Coast especially, this was. It would have been after Watershed. Yeah. This, this was so weird because I'm watching Raw and then it bleeds into Bad Mom's Christmas. And on USA, it dropped an F bomb. I'm like, when was this allowed? But I'm guessing like there's now like one allowed as long as it's after 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. But you're still live on a lot of carriers, you know, seven o'clock. Well, before that, yeah, seven. At eight, least AE, at least AEW, you know, yeah. like TV. You watch it live. You don't watch it with time adjusted, whatever. So yeah, I I I, uh, I agree with you that you have to be vigilant. Although Tony has a lot of money, I get that, <laughs> but like. Then, but then network, the, that's what gets network executives nervous. But like, I, I mean, then, then I go back to while the actual phrasing is earned, like <laughs> something about, oh, and one last thing. And then just like the F word, like is very lame. Like, you know, like, 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 like one last thing, eat F word, you know, like, or w- whatever it's going to be, you know, it's, it's not a very. Well, in WWE, he would have yelled, I want a title opportunity. <laughs> See, he's out of the land of McMahon stuff. So he can say these, these edgy words. Mm-hmm. He, he's an Adam Copeland is an edge Lord. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Let's let's end it there on the bad pun. I apologize for nothing. You can follow me on X at Crap Game 13. You just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. You can follow um Chris on the Instagram at D-O-C-T-O-R underscore Nove. That is Dr. Nove. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Podcasting interests for all any of your niche wrestling fandoms, including uh the Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast. Uh, the music of the mat, and of course the flagship with Joe and Rich, which pretty much goes for six hours and covers everything in wrestling. Uh, I am also on the Fight Game Media Network on Wednesday nights, about twenty minutes live after uh, twenty minutes on YouTube live after Dynamite, doing the Dynamite show with one Paul Ace Fontaine for the very cheap cost of five bucks. You can get access to the audio the next day if you can't stay up that late. Would appreciate it. Get paid. Chris also has plugs, and in this holiday season. Where he has EPs celebrating Hanukkah. Mm. He's going to tell you about his his record collections and songs he's writing and lessons you can take. I mean, you can do a glockenspiel lesson. Yes, yes. So my EP, Dreidel, 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 (laughs) colon, I Made You From The Heart. A collection (laughs) of Chris Novembrino's favorite Christmas and Hanukkah carols will be coming out 
a little later on this month, really excited to be releasing that to the public. Uh, I use different tunings. Uh, I, I sing in a combination of different dialects. Oh and no! Language, oh, and languages. Oh no! Uh, oh no! Hey, Cultural appropriation? Oh, no, 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 no! All done with an acute study of each culture's dialect <laughs> before being executed. Uh, I, I would listening to the early playbacks on this, Jeffrey. Uh, I would say each is more tasteful than the next. Oh, I will, plug your I will, real stuff. <laughs> okay. I, I also, for those of you who want to give the gift of music to your family this Christmas uh, or Hanukkah as it were, uh, and you're giving them a guitar. I do teach music lessons. So now's a great time to get enrolled, especially since the tram will be going on a shutdown during January and February. So lessons are definitely welcome, invited, uh, will be uh, encouraged, applauded. Please sign up for lessons. These next couple of months will be a little rugged for your boy until the tram reopens in March. So if you're interested in lessons, D-O-C-T-O-R underscore N-O-V. That is my name on Instagram. Also, my actual EP. Uh, well, I don't want to say my actual EP. I want to say one of the two EPs, one of which is more in a completed stage right now than the other. Uh, obviously the Chris Monica, uh, EP will be coming out later on in the month here, but this EP is that I I'm currently finishing up the tracking on is, uh, near, nearly done after uh, we get done taping here tonight, I'm going to be doing vocals on the very last song and then it will be done and be getting mixed. And so that means it will be out early 2024 uh at like you know like january i don't know maybe i'll get some money and pay for the production of it uh hopefully i'm i'm very hopeful that the holiday album that i'm coming out with here <laughs> will dreidel 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 colon i made you from the heart i i'm hoping that it connects with again i i want this christmas to be a moment where every religion around the world can come together and have something we can all share. Novembrino steamroller coming to a town near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, my name is Taylor. And I'm Kelly. And we are the co-hosts of Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. Episodes drop every other Monday where we discuss the biggest Joshi news, review shows, and preview the hottest upcoming Joshi action. So whether you're a new fan or an old fan, we've got something here for you at Jumping Bomb Audio. Check us out on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.